The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We work hard at being healthier. What? And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. The Day Shift from the MVP Electric Heating and Cooling Studios, 610 Sports Radio. Blake Bing and Wachowski here on 610. Everybody get excited. Everybody get ready to geek out because Jay Binkley and myself, we're about to geek out. Not just because we're talking about Chiefs football, but because we got a special guest in studio. It's Pete Sweeney. He's down with Arrowhead Pride, which we love Arrowhead Pride and Joel Thorman. And, uh, actually talking to Joel Thorman about you last week. Like You guys got uh, Pete Sweeney uh, finally on. Uh, you were with the Chiefs. You did a lot of the stuff. I remember at the Pro Bowl in Orlando. You're down there talking to Andy Reid. And you were inside the building with the Chiefs, and now you're in the media, which I think brings a different perspective because you've been on both sides of the fence. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing you notice is when you're in the organization with the Chiefs, everyone is in suits, and Joel Thorman, you know, happens to wear sweatpants. You know, and runs runs the show from his house, but or any pants at all, <laughs> if we're lucky. If we're lucky, uh, but he does a fantastic job. So joining his team, honestly, was a privilege. So I'm really excited about well, it. Well, man, you're leaving when everything's hot and fresh. I mean, you cut Macklin, you fired Dorsey. I mean. I mean, it's a good off season. A lot of good people from from the Chiefs left. You know, you got that's what I have to say. I was I was a part of that, but no, uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy, crazy off season. Um, and the good thing about Arrowhead Pride, it gives you an opportunity to kind of talk sure. about it, give your opinion. So I'm excited. What were you most shocked about, Macklin or Dorsey? Or do we are we looking at the, the Macklin thing wrong? Because I always say there's always two sides. I think it really came down to you know a cap spacing issue where they had to pay some rookies and Macklin had to be let go. I, I think. You're never shocked when a player gets released. Um, you know, even Jamal Charles, this is a guy uh, who meant so much to the Chiefs. But players get released all the time. You see it across sports. I really, really didn't expect when a team makes the playoffs for three or four years for the GM to be let go. I, I, was, I was shocked about that, yes. I mean, let's be honest, Pete. All right, from Dorsey into Macklin into Tamba into all of these things that have transpired in the offseason, you know what we're trying to do, right? We're just angling for hard knocks. That's all we're doing here <laughs> oh, in Kansas City. We're, we're dangling for hard knocks, and we want to get the barbecue reputation. We want to get all that stuff out there, man. Hard knocks in Kansas City would be wonderful. I'm, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> I grew up in New York. It's hard to get some of my best friends out here because they assume Kansas City is this farm town. I'm like, guys, it's this not. is an awesome place to live. But I'm telling you right now, back to hard knocks, Andy Reid is not going to be the guy that will willingly do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe there's some sort of um, – 
thing for the team where if they lose a certain amount of games for a certain amount of years, they're in, they're in that pool. Yep. Right now, the Chiefs are certainly not in that because, like I said, they've made the playoffs for three or four years. Andy Reid will not be volunteering for hard knocks. No, he didn't soon. even like scrimmaging against another team. I mean, that's <laughs> no. one thing. I, I want them to scrimmage another team. But, I, I am so adamant. I used to love when the Chiefs would do this in Minnesota. I loved when Todd Haley brought the Cardinals in before they played the preseason. I love seeing him hit somebody else because what infuriates me is when I'm watching Marcus Peters lose a battle to Tyreek Hill, I'm questioning, okay, that's good for Tyreek, but it's bad for on the defensive side, but I want to see him do it against another team. To your, po- to your point, Tyreek Hill is reaching another level. I'm oh. sure we'll get a little bit more into that, but you know, to the training camps and the split training camps, you know, I agree with you to some extent, but you see that some of these best teams in the league, the Bill Belichicks and the Andy Reeds, there's something to the secrecy. You know, the best teams in the league really kind of keep But Belichick will do these. Well, that, that, that I know. I mean, I, I've seen that before, and I, I think just to try certain things. But I think at the end of the day, you appreciate sometimes where, you know, Andy Reid won't do it, or he's a little secretive yeah. with the media, where Belichick won't give things away. Because at the end of the day, these are teams in the playoffs every year, and these are teams winning Super Bowls. It's uh, at PG Swain on Twitter. Correct. And Chiefs fans, this is a must-follow because he puts video out. He does everything that you want because this is what Chiefs fans want. Right. Therese does a lot of this stuff, too, our guy, and you've been doing this stuff, too, and you've put out your five takeaways from Chiefs camp, and I know that uh, Henry's interested in this one, too, because you have it right here. It's on arrowheadpride.com if you want to see some of Pete's takeaways. The guy everybody's talking about is Alex Smith, looking great. He's looked great in training camp before. I feel he's playing looser this year. What have you seen from Alex Smith? Alex Smith at training camp and – as I say in the article, you have to first say all the right things when it comes to this is training camp. He's not getting hit ever. You know, he's not feeling that pressure. He has no worries about, uh, you know, getting brought to the ground a couple years back. He had a lacerated spleen. But all that said, he's out there and he looks like a different quarterback to me as far as accuracy, as far as being cool, calm, and collected. And he looks, as I describe in the article, like a man like on fire. You know, and I think... You know, he'll never be the one to tell you that drafting Patrick Mahomes had anything to do with the way he's shown up to camp. But, I mean, in the offseason, he said he started his throwing, his throwing program earlier than he ever has before. And you could tell at training camp there's a little bit extra. And that's what competition does. It brings out the best in everybody. What did you think of the drama with Tamba and the whole Facebook stuff, as well as maybe just how... The dynamics of, because we know that uh, for the most part, that when it comes to leadership in that locker room at Arrowhead, it's been tight. You get a lot of great guys in that locker room. Do you think that maybe some of the comments about, you know, I love football and I'm trying to win, and it came across as though he was taking a shot at certain guys for not showing up to OTAs, do you think that that was anything that was going to linger when he said that? Because it doesn't seem like it's lingering into training camp at all. You don't see it at all, I think, at training camp. But as far as just him doing it, listen – we're in the media. You know, we want these guys to be honest. I was loving it. because we, he, Yeah, we eat it up, yeah. Right, because he's telling the truth. He's telling how he actually feels. I mean, I don't think the Chiefs as a team appreciate that. You know, Andy Reid did say we would have liked him to address these concerns behind closed doors. But I think I liked it. I didn't love the timing. And it was surprising for me from Tama because he's such a great leader in the locker room that he would do it right before training camp, cause a distraction. But at the end of the day, it hasn't bled into training camp and Tama just put on his Instagram story last night he should be back on the field soon I don't know uh, if the medical staff agrees but from Mm. from the horse's mouth 
uh, we should be seeing him sooner rather than later. I speculated, and I thought after initially kind of wanting for the first couple of days, I said, man, I just don't understand the timing of it. I just don't get it. And then it all kind of came to me, and then he clarified. Remember when he went on Facebook Live, and then he did the uh, like the the few minutes that he talked about Facebook Live, whatever, last week? He said essentially what I said. And my take was that I believe that the reason why he said some of the things that he said out of frustration is because he knows the end of the road is near. He, we, For you know, all sense of purposes, this could probably be his last year in the National Football League. And I think that he understands that. And he wants to go out a winner. He wants to give it all that he has. And he wants to play more in what could be his final season. And in that Facebook Live, he came out and said, he was like, man, you know, you think you're invincible when it comes to this game, but everybody's got to go ahead and and, and, and and go off walking away from this game. And I want to realize the fact that I want to be able to have that opportunity to win a championship. Right. And something that stuck with me is, and this he did this on his Instagram live, you know, it's Tomba, just hitting all all parts, all aspects of social media. Uh, but the the thing that stuck with me is I got here in 2014. So I, you know, you guys have been in Kansas City for longer than that, much longer than that. You knew the Chiefs when they weren't so good. I've really only, only known them as a as a really. I got here with Andy in 2013. Oh, you so did. I've only been here okay. a year before you. Okay, well, good. Yeah, so, so you're in the same boat where yep. you only know the Chiefs as a good team. Tom has been here since the dog days. So what one thing he said on his Instagram live story was, "Listen, this was the biggest game of my life, and I played seven snaps. I appreciate that he was upset. What bothered me a little was the timing. Should have done it after the game. It's exactly what he should have done. Right." And uh, he had all uh, offseason. All offseason. <laughs> I'm sure he has I, Andy Reid's number. Andy Reid right in Sutton right after the game. Right. And I said, what the hell, fellas? Right. What the hell? I'm pissed. What, what the hell happened? Or the but, next week, yeah. you know, or on clean-out day of the locker. It just was a weird timing. That's the only thing for me. This team, in my opinion, should have a chip on their shoulder. They, they finally won a playoff game because I remember asking Derek Johnson this year, last year in camp. I said, do you feel like you have unfinished business? Because that's all we heard from the Royals. When they got to the World Series and didn't win it, it was unfinished business. Said, you guys have a little unfinished business about you because you finally got the taste of success. And now you think you want more. I mean, these guys, Derek Johnson's only playing because he wants a ring. Guys his age coming off two Achilles retired, except for guys like Derek Johnson. He's been so impressive. And it's just his demeanor, too. I mean, he just loves the game of football. And I've asked him before, even on, you know, when I was working for Chiefs.com, I said, you know, when are we getting close to the end? What's, what's the deal here? And he clearly, clearly wants to win a championship. And I think you're right. Seeing him come back from two injuries like this, and you look at training camp, I know he's out with the tooth right now, uh, hitting, hitting up the dentist, but he'll be back on the field. He's, he's looked pretty good. He looks like he's going to have a strong hole in that spot. It's, it's the question right now is who's going to be next to him, I think. All right, we're talking to Peace Winnie in studio. Coming up next, there's something that I said about the Chiefs that actually piqued Pete's uh, interest in regards to uh, my particular take. We'll ask him about that next. The Day Shift from the MVP Electrocating and Cooling Studio, 610 Sports Radio. Go to goodytickets.com right now and get 610 off your ticket order using promo code 610 Sports. All right, back in Day Shift, Blake Bink and Wachowski here. Pete Sweeney joining us in studio from Arrowhead Pride. Can talk to you uh, Brandon Maurer here at the top of the hour from the uh, the Kansas City Royals, new member of the Royals. But before we went to break, I wanted to uh, ask you a question in regards to something that I threw at Binkley 
about 40 minutes ago, a little bit less than 40 minutes ago, and driving in, you heard me ask him about it. He said it was actually a, a good question because it's somebody that doesn't get talked about that much right now, and that's Philip Gaines. Right. And Philip Gaines is somebody that, you know, now that we're heading into, was it year number four for him, I think, and he was a guy that they had a lot of high expectations of uh, coming um, into the fold here in 2014 when they drafted him. And then he had the torn ACL in the Green Bay Packers game a couple of years ago and never has fully really recovered or gotten back to being himself. Where do you think Philip Gaines sits with this organization and with this team right now? I feel for the guy because he really was coming into his own before the injury happened and came back. And last year, you're right. You never had a feel that he was 100%. He was up. He was down. Mm -hmm. He missed three games and he'd be back. And uh, right now, I mean, he's out of the first string mix, I believe. You know, you have your base with uh, Nelson and Peters, obviously. And then when they go to a nickel set, they're sliding Nelson in and putting Mitchell out there. Um, I think he's in the mix to be, you know, a backup at this point. I think that's what the Chiefs see him as. Uh, And again, it's one of those cliches that you always hear. The best ability is availability. And he hasn't been able, like, to stay on the field. And that's so important with this roster spot, especially now in what it's been year five of the Reed era where there's so many talented players vying for these spots. Making the 53 is not easy. And if he didn't, which I don't foresee, I'm not saying that, this is a guy that would have an opportunity elsewhere. He's so fast, and he fits the Sutton mold. McNelson, that was the one thing about Nelson. I remember talking to Dorsey once they drafted Stephen Nelson. And I said to him, I said, John, he doesn't typically fit your – because I remember when he first got here, he talked about six-foot corners. Big physical corners. Yeah, I thought that was kind of the cutoff, that you had the six-foot corner. Philip Gaines fits it to a T with the model they were looking for, but then Nelson didn't, quote, fit the T, but he had the other intangibles, the heart, the drive, the you know the desire. He had the things that, that guys his size don't have, but he played bigger than what he was. But Gaines, to me, always fit the profile of what yeah. they wanted. Yeah, and it, seemed, and it seemed like with Nelson, he was fitting the profile of who was the, um, who was the cornerback that ended up going to San Diego? That was previously here, and then he went to San Diego. Oh, Brandon, yeah, Brandon Flowers. Flowers. Brandon Flowers. Yeah. It seemed like you were going back in that direction when you got when you had a guy like Nelson. The thing about Nelson that I find the most intriguing, and you saw all the Pro Football Focus reports, he's one of the best uh, cornerbacks, defensive backs in the league at defending the slot, and that's actually one of my points in the takeaways mm-hmm. today on com is about Steve Nelson, and it comes to t- comes to defending Tyreek Hill. You mentioned before the Chiefs don't have these split squad practices where other teams come in, but they're facing now, in my opinion, one of the elite receivers in the NFL. I think that's what Tyreek Hill is going Peter's to Peter's called him one of the best receivers in the league. I think that's what he's going to become this year. And you see him at training camp. Hill versus Nelson in the slot is a battle. And Nelson's had the better of him a couple times here. I'm really impressed. And 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 it's so important because, you know, when you're in the nickel, uh and you're sliding Mitchell out, a lot of the times some of the best weapons in the league are in that slot position. And you're in the, you're in the nickel a lot more as the NFL continues to carry sure. on these days. I mean, you're seeing passing way more than running. You know, back in the old days of football, you know, it was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Now teams are passing all the time, so the nickel is so important, and that position is even more important. It's funny because I asked Derek Johnson about that. Because yeah. they were Chiefs were missing a ton of tackles. Right. I remember I said, Derek, is it because when you're in high school and college, everybody's doing the spread? You're forgetting how to tackle the runners. That's why I've always said football's going to flip, and it's going to be a power-running game at some point back because guys are not accustomed 
to hitting, and they barely hit now. They can only hit one day a week during the season for only 10 weeks. They're going to go back to that physicality. Back to corners, though, I consider corner the toughest position on the field because the elite athletes, they're not a running back anymore. They're a wide receiver. Like Odell Beckham could have played running back at LSU, but he was so good, he's a wide receiver. That's where the talent is going to wide receiver. And defensive backs weren't talented enough to play wide receivers that couldn't catch the ball. Doesn't mean they're not fast, but they weren't playmakers. Right, so there's a shortage. Really. But they're going backwards. And these talented elite wide receivers are so athletic, they know exactly what they're doing. Being able to cover the elite talent, which you're seeing more elite talent at wide receiver now than you ever have in the NFL, that's why I feel cornerback is so important. This is why I would have addressed this earlier in the draft than, than McQuay in round seven for the Kansas City Chiefs because I value the cornerback position as the toughest position in football. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I think if there's one position where if you're a Chiefs fan and you're excited about this year, you think you have this complete team, the right cornerback, Mitchell, uh, when he has to come in, and we, we're saying it's going to be more and more downs as you know each league year passes, I think that could be a question mark. I mean, he has a lot to prove, but the but the coaching staff has faith in him. They, they put him in a big position last year. You saw him in the playoffs. I, I really think he could do the job. And what's going to be important is during times maybe he is getting beat. That's where D. Ford and Justin Houston come in. And we know he wants to play quite a bit. Tom Bahali, when he is in, in there, getting to the quarterback. I mean, you saw that with the Giants teams that won the Super Bowl. They were getting to the quarterback, and that takes the pressure a little bit off that secondary where there are weak spots. Tom could be Dwight Freeney at the last stages. <laughs> Seriously. Situational yeah. passers. Dwight Freeney was really good. He came off the, the, the couch and got eight sacks for Arizona. But a guy like that, that you know he's not a – three-down linebacker that just specializes. I would like to see if that could be his role. Yeah, and maybe that's possible. It seems like the fountain of youth for him has been his music career, which he's very, very excited about. I mean, you see it all over Twitter. He's, he's, he had a great video. He's, and the video, he, I mean, he's on a boat. He's dancing. <laughs> I mean, he started on the PUP, but with the dance moves, I'm seeing this. I'm uh, the yeah. only one for yeah. me video. I don't know yeah. if he should have uh, started training camp on the injured list, but uh, no. I expect him to sort of back up his words. Yep. Tom has never been a guy that's going to speak and then not follow it up. So yep. it should be interesting, and, and, and there's going to be eyes on him. Where he gets the snaps is going to be is, is going to be even more interesting. You know, I think because Ford is coming into his own and he's healthy, hopefully going into this year. I view the uh, the running back situation as Spencer Ware is the guy to start, but depending on how Kareem Hunt showcases himself during the course of this year. You never know. Maybe he could overtake uh, Spencer Ware. What do you see of the running back situation there? I think what you're saying is correct. I think right now Spencer Ware is the guy. Andy loves him. And he's proved it. The thing is, Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt are very different running backs. I mean, Spencer Ware is a bruiser. You sort of know what you're going to get with Spencer Ware. um, Driving up the middle, you know, he's going to hit um, the different lanes sort of within the middle of the offensive line. When it comes to Kareem Hunt... Hunt reminds me, I don't want to compare the two because I don't think they're the exact same running back, but Hunt reminds me a little bit of, like, Charles, you know, is a little shifty, can kind of get around um, the outside a little bit, and he has shown an ability in training camp so far to catch the football. And if your running back is catching the football and you have this, these talented wide receivers, you have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Kareem Hunt on the field at the same time, man, that's a challenge for a defense. The number one thing I'm looking for, I know we've talked linebackers, gets my number two is the wide receivers because they're so young. And we don't have a lot of time, but that's the position that's key in the NFL. you got to have talent. And I'm really curious about earmarking guys for the future for Mahomes. Who are the Mahomes set? Because you're going to keep receivers on this roster. 
even if Alex can't deliver it to him because of Mahomes. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes has had a good camp, but you got to remember he's also facing the third team defense. Would be really interesting to me as camp goes on is if he overtakes Tyler Bray, which I think may be possible at, at some point to become the backup. And then let's, he, let's hope. he's against reserves. I want to see how he does against reserves because if he's doing the same thing against reserves, that's that's going to tell me, okay, this is the real guy. But as far as favorite receivers right now, he's having actually a good rapport with J.U. Chesson. They seem to be connecting really well as I well as, as, well as uh, Boss Travis. Uh, he, really? That's how he likes to be called. Yeah, Ross Travis. Um, he seems to have a liking for him. And uh, I've seen him connect a, a few times, too, with Marcus Kemp, who is another name out there, too. I mean, you talk about the Shontavious Jones. Marcus Kemp's also having a decent camp as well. Preseason's going to be fun this year. This is actually going to be yeah. fun to watch preseason. Watch because, the whole game. Because, well, it, it's going to be fun because Mahomes, Kareem Hunt. I mean, there, there's some Jehu Jetson. I mean, there's some reasons to watch, especially Mahomes. I mean, we all want to see when he gets on the field. Absolutely. Even in preseason, don't care. I want to see Mahomes. And the way Andy Reid does it usually is he'll give Alex a few snaps. Um, Bray will get in, and then you might have a, a, a end of third quarter, fourth quarter with Mahomes. But usually you're napping at halftime. Yeah, Bray will come in first in preseason. No Absolutely. Question. Absolutely. Uh, and then you'll see Mahomes at the end of the game. But, but at halftime, usually I was saying in the preseason you're napping. You're going to be watching this whole game. There's yeah. reason to this year. Yep. Yep. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Thanks for coming to the studio and joining us. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, uh, check him out on Twitter, Pete Sweeney, at PJ Sweeney on PG. Twitter. That, that's what I said. Didn't I say PG? It's a J. Oh, my bad. PG. PG. My bad. I said PJ. It's, PG. it's close, though. PG Sweeney on Twitter. That's my bad. Arrowheadpride.com is always great work. Absolutely. The day shift from the MVP Electric Heating and Cooling Studios, 610 Sports Radio. It's time to answer the call, little buddy. I'm talking about big beef. Dislocate your jaw kind of wide. This, that, charbroiled unicorn boy. Bacon, big pig, slab, cut thick, sizzling for shizzling on velvet sheets of ooey-gooey. Ooh-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-wee! A wild, wild western bacon cheeseburger. Carl Jr. I'm calling your name. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.